We are the Wanderers of Western Sydney. Hello, I'm Tim Gilbert, a Western Suburbs boy from Guildford and a proud fan. Welcome to our podcast. This is the place to come to hear all the stories from our wonderful football club. Players, coaches, managers, fans. Our featured Wanderers will come in all shapes and sizes and diverse backgrounds. We are a strong club that is on the move and our people have rich and gripping stories to tell. Welcome. Great to have you along for the ride. Today's Wanderer is Catherine Canuli. We are the Wanderers of Western Sydney, and it's a, a real pleasure to be speaking to Kath Canuli, 2020 Female Coach of the Year. How are you, Kath? Very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm good. I'm real good. I, I know you don't get in this game and, and you didn't play or, or you don't coach or manage for awards, but that's a nice thing to get, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was very surprising, to be honest. Obviously, um, I've only been coaching now for five years, but you know, after I, I hung up the boots, so I had about six months away from the game, and I just knew that I couldn't stay away. and And I, I thought, what's the next best thing that I can do that compares to playing? And and the next best thing is coaching. And and I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. Assistant coach of the Western Sydney Wanderers women's team, and there was a significant improvement, wasn't there, in this past season to get to fourth after some difficult times. Yeah, I've I've been through the difficult times as as a player and and as a coach. So it was really, really, really good feeling to have this season, you know, with the girls and and have so much success for the club as well, you know, because over the years we haven't had much success in the W League space, and you know we've obviously had more success in in the men's space, and to have that with the female program, especially after the opening of you know all our new facilities and and our new stadium, um, I think this was the year that really really topped it off. What do you think the key to it was, Kath? I think the the main thing was um, a massive culture shift, you know, bringing in, obviously, you know, around me, which, you know, you bring in Dean Heffernan and, and Michael Beechamp and, you know, we're three three people that have been around the club and, and know the values and, and the culture of the club. And all we said to the girls from day one was, you know, we want to instill with new what we had here as players and, Whenever we played for the Wanderers, we played with pride. We represented the badge with, you know, so much pride and we, we loved playing for the Wanderers and we wanted to pass that on to the to the girls. I know out of all my years, it was the first year that we we sung the Wanderers team song, you know, when we won games. So that's little little one percenters that add to the to the culture of of the team. And then also I think we recruited quite well. Off season we started quite early. And you can't really forget the the quality that we had brought in within our internationals as well. How did you go when Dean and Michael would get fiery in their discussions? <laughs> because they're like brothers. And Dean said to me, yeah, we are like brothers. And a few times we're just thrashing it out with each other. And Kath was sitting over to one side thinking, what's going on with these two blokes? Yeah, at, at one point in the beginning, I thought, mate, I've got to start bringing a, a whistle to, to training, you know, because um, I, I was like the referee when those two were having, having, a, um, having a go at each other. Um, yeah, they, they do have a, a fantastic bond. Yeah, they've been great mates. They've played all over the world together, which was fantastic. And yeah, it was it was so good. And I think in football, it's really good to have debates. You don't want somebody that works within your group that always agrees with you you know it's it's really good to have football debates and you know really strategize and and work on what's best for the team and and get the wise out to to see you know what's going to work best for for our team 
It was a difficult summer too, wasn't it? A lot of us have forgotten the bushfires. Like so many other news stories, have tended to be washed away by the whole COVID-19. But it was a difficult summer. You know, the heat got really hot, the fires, you know, it was so difficult at, at times to be able to train and prepare for games. You know, we'd have to wait till the last minute to to find out whether we're going to train or not, depending on how bad the smoke was. Um, and luckily enough, you know, obviously we have the facilities at Western Sydney headquarters that we could use the gym and try and replicate things. But obviously it's not the same as getting out in the park and preparing for a game, but we done everything we, we possibly could to get the girls in, in the right shape before any game, but it was quite difficult, very difficult. And towards the end there, the last couple of weeks, obviously we got hit with a little bit of the whole COVID situation. So travelling and, you know, being careful in, in what we're doing. So we got just scraped out, just just enough time to get the W League Grand Final out. And to get the Player of the Year in Kristen, who is such a delightful person, and an amazing player it was great. Oh yeah, Kristen. Kristen is a is a true gem. I think she's a fantastic footballer. She's a great person, and the, I think the most important part for me is when when she came over was that she was such a fantastic role model for all our young young Australian girls that were part of our squad. You'd get there early. You'd see Kristen in in the gym doing a workout. You'd straight after a game. You know, instead of coming down to breakfast, she's out in the gym before breakfast doing her recovery and, you know, just just a real, real true professional and always doing the extras. And I thought, you know, that's super important for our young Australians to be able to see someone of, of her quality and see what extras you actually need to put in to be a professional. And I think it's it's tough for someone like Kristen that comes out from America where in her team she's not really a, a high end or a leader in terms of of that environment at North Carolina because we've got some really powerful and big names at North Carolina. But coming out to, to Wanderers, I remember speaking to her in the first few weeks and, and saying to her, you know, you're a role model, you're a leader in this group. And I think that was really good for her footballing career as well. I think it was another part of, of the game that she got to really thrive. And to, to keep it international just for a moment, for those younger players coming through, to see someone like a Lynn Williams in, in the dressing room, who is one of the best players in the women's game worldwide, is such a lift for young people, I'm sure. Yeah, 100%. You know, Lynn, Lynn's got such great talent. You know, she's such a great footballer. And I think if you if you listen to her story, it's it's amazing. You know, she, she didn't get picked for many colleges. She got scraped into a college to, to move forward within her football. She never made junior junior national teams and and look where she is now she's probably one of the most prolific strikers in the world if not in in America at the moment and it's amazing that girls can see her and aspire towards being a footballer and being of high quality and being able to train with these girls and what they do in a in a training session and how they lift um the intensity and and they lift the bar of a training session is just amazing, you know, and being able to talk with these full-time professionals that live and breathe football on a daily basis and just listen to other people's stories is just fantastic for our girls. What about the facilities here now? They're just out, out of this world, aren't they? Second to none. They're unbelievable. You know, I remember walking through before it was, it was all finished and honestly I had tears in my eyes, you know, I had like a little tear coming down because to see the the male side and the female side be rewarded for so many hard years, we scraped through and we battled on. 
to compete in, in the A-League and the W-League in terms of from what we had to what we have now. And I think the investment from, from uh, Mr. Lederer um, and, and the whole board to be able to give us these opportunities to have these facilities, which are world-class, and they're just unbelievable. I think it's every footballer's dream to be able to call that home because it's there's no stone unturned where you can't go there and be a full-time professional and, and not have the best of of everything being, you know, on the strength side or on the football pitch. You offer a few reminders occasionally about what it was like uh, back when, when you were having to get changed behind partitions and wearing <laughs> men's clothing and everything else that went with all, it. All the time, mate. Let me tell you, all the time. <laughs> I get up the girls and let them and remind them. And not only just um, the Wanderers girls, even some of the girls that are in the Matildas and that that I've known for a long time or, or cracking into the squad while I was on my way out. But I remind them all the time, don't forget, don't forget what it was like before, you know. So be grateful for what we have now. Use it to your advantage and, and always be thankful for what we've got because we're very lucky. You know, there's a lot of clubs out there that don't have what we have not only in Australia, but even in other parts of the world. We're, we're very lucky and, and I always remind them to be grateful and, and thankful for what we do have. And it's happened quickly, hasn't it? Because you're still a young woman who retired a few years ago and it's amazing how the game, and particularly the women's game, has changed in that period. Because give us a little bit of insight into what it was like when you were starting to play. Yeah, look, if you, if you wind the, the clock right, right back, you know, there was no female teams growing up. I started off playing with the boys out at Marconi and then um, I went into first grade women at, at the age of 13. So there's been major milestones there in terms of the age groups and, and how far women's football has come. And then obviously the inception of the W League was amazing and it was just a step up and it was an opportunity for young girls to be seen on, on the professional stage. And, you know, the W League's come in leaps and bounds. It's getting better and better every year. I believe that last season was probably one of the best season that W League's had. I think it was one of the strongest seasons and the most competitive overall. But, yeah, it's just it's come along in, in leaps and bounds. And as a country, I think it shows as well in – in, and it reflects to the Matildas and what they've been doing on the world stage as well. So, And, you know, it all trickles down as well because now we've got more and more girls and more females that can see these, you know, W League players and they see the Matildas players, which then inspires them to want to play. And our numbers are going through the roof. The numbers for female footballers playing and around Australia have been absolutely amazing. It's been extraordinary, the change in the whole area as well. As a Western Suburbs boy that Grew up in Guildford, schooled at Patrician Brothers Fairfield. I remember the walkathon and we used to go out along Cow Pasture Road and all those. <laughs> there'd be no houses, nothing. And the growth of Western Sydney and, and, and being, you know, a product of Western Sydney and that Marconi system, it, it's been unbelievable to see the way the whole area has changed. Yeah, the, the area is, it's massive now. You know, there's such a big region. Um, if you look at the number of, you know, football clubs just in the region, I also work with the Southern Districts Football Association, which looks after the whole of Liverpool and Fairfield. So the amount of clubs and, you know, I remember back in the day, Fairfield Pats was such a massive footballing club and the growth and the culture around Liverpool and Fairfield area is just huge in terms of the football world. But Western Sydney is a massive region now. And, you know, the Western Sydney Wanderers are, are a big part of that now as well. We need to be proud of being Westies too, don't we? Because I know when I'm a bit, quite a bit older than you, 
But there was a tag, wasn't there, when you get off the train somewhere and someone could see uh, your desert boots or your flannel, oh, your Westie. But it's something to be very proud of. <laughs> yeah, I'm super proud of where I've come from. I, I grew up in Western Sydney and I'm super proud. No matter where I go around the world, I always tell them where I'm from. And, you know, there's such a great culture around the Western Sydney region. And I think the, the best thing that I love about Western Sydney is that, you know, especially being involved in football, no matter where you go, you always bump into somebody that you know. And it doesn't matter whether you haven't seen him in 10 or 20 years. You always pick up from where you left off. I've been bumping into now friends that I played with, some of the boys that I played with back in the day at, at Marconi. And, you know, now I'm starting to coach some of their kids, you know, which, which is so bizarre and it makes me feel, yeah. feel super old. But I think that's that's the best part about um, living in Western Sydney is, is that connection that we have with all the cultures and with with everybody in, in and around the area. Everyone's just such a family-friendly um, region, I feel. Yeah, we don't have to scratch too far back to find uh, another origin or another place, do we? Like you, you have your heritage, which which goes back into Europe. You know, my mother was born in Lebanon. Like we are such a mix of all Australians, but such a beautiful mix of cultures from all around the world, and and that does add to the magic. And I think it also adds to the magic of who the Wanderers are as a real family club, because with that comes family, family values, and this is. Uh, what this club is built on. Yeah, of course. Um, that's what we've been built on from the beginning. I think someone like, you know, having JT at the helm that really holds that family feel. You know, how many how many um, workplaces do you go in that someone will come in and have a coffee with you or sit down and have lunch with you and everyone's everyone's equal. We all we all chat and it's you wouldn't even know that someone like the CEO is sitting next to you and just having a chat or we're having lunch. It's such a great feeling. There's such a, an open respect for everybody. And I think that's that's why the club has succeeded and, and that's why we're gonna keep being one of the one of the top club because of that that culture that we've that we've built on. You know, I know we've had a few tough years in terms of the men's side, but People forget how young the club is and how long we've been around for compared to other clubs. And there's a long time to go. And and I feel that where we where we are right now, um, we're building and, and heading in the right direction. We're talking to Kath Canuli today, of course, assistant coach of the women's team. So you, you said before that you had to play with the boys. Where did that? Where did the love of this great, the beautiful game, first come for you? Uh, my love for football started at home. I think it's that's a massive thing, you know. Football, your love for football always starts at home. Um, you know, my family, my parents, my brothers um, were massive football supporters, and and I remember as a young girl, you know, having to get up at the crack of dawn to go watch Italy play in, in the World Cup. You know, my yeah. first memories of of getting up is probably you know nineteen ninety four World Cup when when Baggio missed that. That penalty, and and I think I cried for about a week. But yeah, my passion definitely started at home. My whole family were football mad. My dad was was crazy about football. He played. My brothers played. And and growing up and and hanging out at Marconi, um, on the backfields kicking a ball around, and then eventually, um, my mum gave in, and and I got to start playing with the boys at Marconi. So. But I definitely feel that, you know, your love for football always, you know, starts at home because if there's that culture and that passion within within the home, I think it sort of just trickles on. But, yeah, my, my love for football is is huge and, you know, it's given me so many opportunities and, and I'm very grateful for where I am today. They make some sacrifices, parents, don't they, along the way as well? You As you get older, you sort of appreciate it 
Yeah, I don't think I started appreciating my parents until I probably turned about 30 because you then you sort of sit and reflect about, you know, your career and what you've done and, and if they didn't sacrifice not only financially but time. You know, I remember, you know, my parents driving me to Park Lee five days a week for training before the M7, which means an hours and hours round trip from, from the crossroads and packing the car off after school and getting dinner on the road. And, you know, there was so many sacrifices back then. And, and as a coach now, when I do coach in, in the youth space, I always make sure that I, I remind the kids to be thankful to their parents and always say thank you because without your parents, you're never going to play at the top because they're going to, they're the ones that are going to make the sacrifices, you know, and especially now football is just so demanding in terms of how many weeks the kids train and how far they've got to travel for, for competition games. So if the parents aren't willing to sacrifice, unfortunately, the, it's going to be very hard for their children to succeed in, in any sport. Can you try and put into words the sense of pride that your family had when you represented Australia? I think it was very emotional for them. Obviously, both my parents grew up and were born in, in Italy and coming over to Australia for, for a better life. And watching me put on the green and gold, I think they seen, you know, all the sacrifices, all the commitment, all the hard work and the training and, and seeing my love for the game. I think it was a special moment for them seeing me put on the green and gold. And I think they were super proud of me. And, you know, it was all, it was all because of them. If it wasn't for them, then I would never been able to have put on the green and gold, all those sacrifices. But yeah, an emotional feeling. Um, I remember my nonno actually came out to a game at Central Coast, playing on the coast, and you know he can't he can't speak much English, but you could just see you know the the proud um, moment and you know how proud he was just in his eyes, which was which was beautiful to see. Absolutely. And what about for you when you put the Matilda shirt on? Nothing. Nothing can beat that feeling. You know, I get emotional even talking about it right now. I think it's a it's a feeling that you can't that you can't take for granted. It's something that's that's really really special, and there's only so many people that that get to do that. I didn't I didn't get to put on the Matildas jersey probably as many times as I liked, but you know I was very grateful for how many times I did get to put it on, and and it's a special special feeling, and it's not many people that can be part of that club. So if you are, we're super lucky, and, and the ones that get to put it on. Such a great, great honour to, to wear that jersey. Yeah, what an achievement. You, you say that you started to really appreciate your parents when you turned 30. You're not much older than that now, but you really start to appreciate it when you start to have your own family. And, of course, you and your partner have got a, a new young one, so congratulations. You don't really quite understand the meaning of love until you have your own, do you? Because there's nothing quite uh, like it. <laughs> it's funny you say that because um, for many years my mum has said to me, you don't know how much I love you because you just don't know. You don't know until you have your own how much I, I truly, truly love you. She goes, and I just can't explain it to you. And I would always say as a young kid, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But you know what, 15, 15 weeks ago I realised how much my mum loved me because that's how mm. I felt when, when my little boy Alessia was born and, and I actually said to her a couple of weeks after, I said, Mum, now I know how much you love me because I, that's exactly how I feel about Alessio and, and yeah, he's he's absolutely rocked our world and uh, we're super grateful that we have a, a healthy baby boy in our lives and yeah, it's it's definitely changed my whole perception on life, being a parent and it's the most amazing feeling ever. Your mum would love him too. <laughs> oh, she's a hog. She's an absolute hog. She always <laughs> wants to hold him. <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, she definitely. She she also says all the time is 
I love my kids, but the the love that I have for my grandkids is just is so much, so much love for them. Oh, that's just a beautiful family story, Katha. Almost got a tear in my eye myself, to be honest with you. What about what about this World Cup? What about the news that the Women's World Cup, the Broadway act of the sport, is coming to town? Oh, it's um, it's huge news. I remember, you know, getting up in in the early mornings and you know, waiting to find out whether we had finally won the bid or not, you know, after the heartache from from the men's bid, um, it was super, super, you know, just rewarding, I think, from from a footballing nation to to get the Women's World Cup and, and to bring it to Australia. I think it's going to be an absolutely amazing spectacle and it's going to be a great, great event for, for young boys and young girls in Australia. It is. It's great for the whole game, isn't it? It's great for the, the game of soccer slash football in this part of the world. Yeah, it's huge. A World Cup is is massive. To bring a World Cup to Australia and especially bringing it to to Australia which is so multicultural, especially when it comes out to to the likes of, you know, Sydney and Melbourne. Um this is such a multicultural country, so everybody's going to get behind every single team that comes out. It's going to be I reckon up there with the Olympics, if not better. Um and I, I know that these guys are going to put on a great event, um, and I know FIFA puts on fantastic events when it comes to the World Cup. And you know, come three years' time, I think it's going to be bigger and better. Yeah, cannot wait for it, uh, Kath. How do you fit everything into uh, a day? Uh, and now you've got a little boy on your hands as well. It's uh, it's it's a busy life. I know that we we tracked you one day through the Wanderers Media Department. So you, you cover more ground in the early explorers, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it it is sometimes. Some days do become quite tough and now throwing Alessio into the mix and trying to stay up for those night feeds or getting woken up at 5am um, is not fun, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Look, I think when you're so passionate about what you do, it's you don't really call it working, right? So, you know, you wake up every morning and, and it's a new challenge and it's a new day and, and I go and tackle every, every day, um, obviously differently depending on what role I'm in. But you know, working in football and working in all areas of football, I think, is is a challenge in itself. But it also keeps me grounded and and want to keep being involved because I'm not just doing the same thing day in day out. I'm always working mm. in different parts of the game, whether it be grassroots or at a professional level, and being across the whole game on on different different levels. I think is is really really good for for me and my my growth within the game. But I just absolutely love what I do. I, I love being involved in the grassroots, but I Absolutely love being involved in, in a professional side of things like being involved with Wanderers. Finally, well, just on that subject, uh, what can we all expect uh, from you and Dean and Megzi and uh, and the girls for the upcoming season? Yeah, look, we're um, putting a team together at the moment and we're not going to back down from, from where we left off last year. Um, we're going to keep instilling the same values and the same calls you know, within our group, the core of our group will still be there next season. Been very fortunate within our group because we do have quite a few young young players that are coming through and, and they started to really take shape last season. For instance, you know, Courtney Nevin, Susan Fonsonkin, you know, two great mm. young young players that have been with us for the last four years. So yeah, we've got we've got big things to come. All of us in, in the coaching staff won't expect anything less but to be back there playing finals football again. Um, we've set that bar now and I, I don't think we're going to back down from that and, and that's going to be you know, the minimum of, of what the Wanderers require from, I think, from all teams in, is to play finals football. All looking forward to it. Kath, thanks so much for being our Wanderer today. Thank you very much. Who is
For more information on the club, visit wswanderersfc.com.au. We will be back soon with another story from one of our Wanderers of Western Sydney.